The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The 13-year-old monument boy disappeared while on a court-ordered visit to his father's house over the Thanksgiving holiday 2012. I didn't lose Dylan. Then why is he gone? That's a question we all have to ask, but nobody's got the answer. No, you have to ask that question. You had him. Where is he? Dylan's remains were found several months after he disappeared, just about 10 miles from his father's home. Mark Redwine had long been considered a person of interest in this case, but he suggested his ex-wife Elaine had something to do with it. I have suspicions that Elaine could be involved in this. Mark Redwine is in custody and will face charges in the death of his son, Dylan. Dylan's blood was found in multiple locations of Mark Redwine's living room. Some say this is a shocker, but others say this has been a long time coming. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Dylan did not want to go visit his dad. He did not want to go. But you know what? Cooler heads prevailed. And he went to go visit his dad. Now, he went to spend the night. And the following morning, dad gets up to go run errands, you know, laundry and so forth. Comes back. Dylan, his little boy, is gone. He thinks he's gone skateboarding or hanging out with his friends up and down the street. Finally, he says his son is missing, and a search like no other ensues. I am referring to a beautiful, beautiful little boy, Dylan Redwine. Dylan was not missing. Dylan was murdered. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. And today with me is a woman I respect deeply and have thought of, have prayed for, for so long. Dylan's mother, Elaine Hall, is with me. Also with me, my friend and colleague, director of the Cold Case Institute, Cheryl McCollum. Elaine, do you remember the moment that you learned Dylan was missing. Yeah, it's, it's 
probably one of the most relived moments in my head of all time. What happened? Um, well, Dylan was went on a plane ride to his father's house on Sunday, and the next day at 4.30, around 4.30, Mark texted me and asked me if I'd seen Dylan, and I said no. And he said, well, you know, he didn't know where he was, so I got in my car and we drove to Durango, which is about six hours away from where we're living, and I called the sheriff and filed a missing persons report for Dylan because his dad had not done that. Okay, I, I, I don't understand this, okay, because I can't even imagine what would go through my mind if my child is supposed to be somewhere and that person calls and said, hey, have you seen Lucy? What? I mean, she's with you. So... What, what did you think when you got the text? Have you seen Dylan? Well, obviously, I was very concerned because, you know, Dylan was not the kind of kid who would just wander off or, you know, leave without at least letting me or his brother Corey know. Um, we were very close to him. And so when Mark had indicated that he had not heard from Dylan and I had not heard from Dylan, I, I was very, very, obviously very upset and concerned about, you know, where, where's my baby? Where is he? And he was 13 years old and he had his own phone. So, you know, he, he knew, um, he, he knew enough to call us if he felt, you know, that he was in danger or anything. I'm just trying to take this in. Dylan did not want to go to visit his dad that weekend. Why? Um, Dylan and his dad had just grown apart. Mark never really exercised his visitation rights. And so, you know, he didn't see Dylan that often. And, you know, quite honestly, I, I don't think that Mark knew Dylan anymore. I think that, you know, they had spent so much time apart that they, their relationship was strained because, you know, they just didn't spend a lot of time together. And the time that they did spend together was, you know, sitting in Mark's house up in the mountains. And, you know, that was not fun for Dylan. Dylan was 13. He didn't want to just sit around and watch his father drink all day. So, you know, I, I just think that Mark really had no clue who Dylan was at this point in his life. Did Dylan ask you not to go? Yes, he did. He asked me many times. As a matter of fact, on the he was supposed to fly out of Colorado Springs on Saturday, and the plane had malfunction so he couldn't fly out he said mom maybe that's a sign that I shouldn't go and you know unfortunately I put him on the plane on Sunday and that was the last time I saw my son you know it's funny that you say that Elaine Cheryl McCollum director of the Cole Case Institute I um remember my dad had been feeling bad but he that had happened so many times because he was a heart patient as you know and I had arranged to take the children ice skating up at Rockefeller Center and he had been in the hospital to get fluid from around his heart I remember I called my mom from the airport and I said mom are you sure he's stable is he okay can we be gone for 48 hours and she said yes this is like every other time go and right before we got on the plane, I said, David, I don't think we should go. I think, I just, he goes, you've been through this. You've gone round and round. We're getting on the plane. We've got one foot on the plane. Go ahead and go. We got on. Mm-hmm. I got to New York. I got us all unpacked. The children bathed in their PJs. I got a call from my mom that they're putting my dad on life support. And I spoke to him very briefly on the phone. I packed us up. 
We got on a plane, turned right around. We got to the hospital at 5 a.m., but he never could speak to me again. And you know that feeling? You look back on it, Elaine, and it's like the universe is trying to tell you something. (laughs) But how were we to know? How were you to know, Elaine? Yeah, Yeah, you just don't. You don't. When you, you got, just have to trust, you know, that everything would be okay. When you got that text, did you call Mark? Um, no, I didn't. I immediately started calling Dylan's phone, and then I immediately called all my friends in the area. Um, quite honestly, I, I, M- Mark never tells the truth, and when Dylan was missing, I didn't think he was going to be very helpful. I mean, obviously, he didn't know where Dylan was, and he hadn't contacted the sheriff's department at that point so I started contacting all the people that I knew so that they could actually go out and look for him because you know Mark certainly wasn't doing anything to find him and and he didn't the whole time that Dylan was missing so I uh I just took I took it upon myself and and just found other avenues to try and resolve this what was Mark's story as to where Dylan went how did the evening progress well, we finally got to the um, to Bayfield, which is about an hour, what, 45 minutes away from where Mark lives. And I immediately went into the sheriff's office. Um, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, and then the next day, went to the search and rescue um, and then dealt with investigators who were, you know, worthless. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Everyone with me is Dylan Redwine's mother, who has never given up in the search for the truth about where was her son, Dylan Redwine. Absolutely beautiful. If you could see his little face right now. He has blue eyes, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And kind of a brown, blondish, more blonde than brown hair. And the the sweetest smile, the sweetest smile. He has a smile like my son, John David's. And I'm just imagining you, you get to town and where do you, where do you even start? I remember asking the same question of Natalie Holloway's mother. 
fly down to Aruba, you touch down. What do you do? I mean, you don't know where your baby is. What do you do first? I mean, when you walked in to the search office, what did you do, Elaine? Well, you know, we we sat there for a couple of days because they were convinced that Dylan was running through the mountains. And, you know, I was convinced that that was not true. Um, sat there for a couple of days they were, and they said it was running through the mountains. Why would they think yeah, that about a little boy? Because there was a jogger that was running through the mountains and. You know, they they kept thinking that Dylan was a runaway and that he was running away from his dad. Oh, no. You know, I knew all along that that was not true because if that was the case, he would have called us. Oh. You know, he wouldn't just run through the mountains without letting me or Corey know. And Corey and I both knew that. And Corey is Dylan's half-brother. Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Institute, right there. That was the first big mistake. Right there. It's a huge mistake, Nancy. But here's the other thing. Let's go back even further. She gets notified that her child is missing through a text message. What? He doesn't call her. He doesn't call 911 himself. That, to me, is the biggest flag right there, that he has guilty knowledge of what happened to that child right off the bat. Elaine, of course, does the right thing. She immediately goes to that place where she believes her baby was still there, possibly in the Mounties, possible somewhere. But here's the most important thing, Nancy. She knew. She knew something was terribly wrong, and she did not waste one minute. I admire her for that. Oh, yes. Don't you know it, Cheryl? She got in that car, and she put the pedal to the metal and got on the scene and started working. I mean, how frustrating was it, Elaine Hall, when they're telling you, authorities are saying, oh, he's a runaway. Chillax. And you're saying, no, he is not a runaway. How, what was going through your mind? I mean, I feel like I'm going to jump out of my skin just talking about it. Well, I did. I, I kept arguing with the investigator and, you know, kept telling him that 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 was not the case. And, you know, we, we basically played that game for about a week until I finally convinced them that, you know, this is not, that Dylan is not a runaway. Um, and then we were fortunate enough to get a new investigator that actually cared and would do something. But I have never been so angry and infuriated at, at, at law enforcement in my entire life. And I seriously thought I was going to, you know, I, I thought I was just going to punch somebody because no one was listening to us. Very frustrating. Then what happened? Well, and then, you know, basically we just started combing the area. We we just, just started driving up the mountains, start, you know, doing whatever we can. We did ground searches, organized a community who was, you know, wonderful in this case because people showed up in mass. You know, and this was around Thanksgiving, so a lot of people missed Thanksgiving holiday with their family. Um, to come search for Dylan. What about his cell phone? You mentioned he had his cell phone. Yeah. Did they find the cell phone? No, we still have never found his cell phone or his backpack. Did they ping it? Well, yeah, they did, but it was off, and it didn't. I was going to buy him a new phone for Christmas that year with the GPS. This phone did not have the GPS or, you know, that capability. It was an older phone. But the whole time we were searching, Mark is sitting in his, you know, easy chair. And I knew something was was really wrong at that point. 
You know, why aren't you searching for your son? What do you mean? Did you see him sitting in his easy chair? Yes, he's sitting in his easy chair while everybody else is searching for his son. Did you say anything to him? Not really. I mean, you know, I said a lot to him as far as, you know, where is my son? But Mark basically cut communication with me very early on and would not engage or talk to me at all. Did they search his house then for blood or evidence, anything? Yes, they did. The FBI went in there and um, they they did. They searched his house pretty thoroughly, but there have been many searches on his house um, throughout the whole process. What, if anything, and did I they... And I just think the investigators in the very beginning were just, they were worthless. They, they, it was just not working. What did they find when they searched his home? Um, I'm not sure specifically what they found. I know that, you know, there were blood traces. They took out parts of his floor. They took his couch. They took a washing machine. They, you know, I'm not 100% sure everything. You know, eventually they impounded his truck. Um, Elaine, let me ask you a question. When did you finally return back to your home? We returned back probably right before Christmas. So we were in Durango about a month living in a garage of a friend of ours. Oh, my stars. Living in a garage, going out every day trying to find your baby. Just like wandering. I can just imagine Cheryl McCollum just wandering the streets calling. I mean, the police weren't really helping. They didn't believe he was gone. They thought he was a runaway. The dad's propped up having a beer on the easy chair. And there's the mom just wandering, looking for her son. I'm just, it's, it's overwhelming to me to even imagine that. It is overwhelming, yeah. Nancy. And during this time when he's pushed, he, he's making these statements that people need to stop playing Nancy Drew. He's, he's telling the media people need to get the focus off of him and on to Dylan. Well, every single time he says things like that, that again should be a red flag to law enforcement. Why in the world would he want the focus off of him or anybody else. Any focus is good focus. Remember Elizabeth Smart when the police wanted DNA from her dad and all his brothers? They were more than willing to do that. He wouldn't take a polygraph. It reminds me of Mark Class when his daughter went missing. He practically laid on the courthouse steps saying, take my DNA, do whatever you want so you can get past me and look for my daughter. Amen. And you know, when somebody says, I don't know why Nancy Grace is trying to find my son. She needs to leave it alone. I mean, right there, that's a big red flag. Okay. Well, here's my question for him. I don't know why the hell you're not. You had strangers searching that mountain for your children. You've got his mama living in a garage begging <coughs> for somebody to help, demanding the police do something. And again, you're back with a cold one? That's insane. But he did make one statement, Nancy. He said, Dylan, in my prayers with you, and I love you very much, he was the light of my life, and he meant everything to me. That man used past tense when that child was still missing. I do not know what more law enforcement could have needed to know he had knowledge of where that child was and what happened to him. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. 
Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Cheryl McCollum, an arrest affected homicide. What happened, Cheryl? Well, Nancy, they sent cadaver dogs, as you know, and those dogs hit inside the house at the washing machine. The clothes that the father was wearing the day Dylan went missing um, hit in the back of his truck. And so law enforcement has been putting together these pieces of this puzzle and you know, where the remains Wait, let me understand this. Cadaver dogs mm-hmm. trying to hit on the smell of decomposing tissue. Correct. Picked up the scent in various location in Mark Redwine's home. Correct. On the clothes that he wore the night Dylan went missing. Mm-hmm. Not only that, um, in the bed of Redwine's pickup truck. And inside the home, and that corresponded with the blood evidence they found. It was on the sofa, under the rug, on the love seat. So again, those dogs obviously couldn't have known that. The dog handler couldn't have known that, but it lined up beautifully. Well, another thing, Cheryl, is that a year before that, Investigators say Dylan's half-brother mm-hmm. told them Mark Redwine had mentioned, this is Dylan's own father, had mentioned Dylan had died of blunt force injuries. Elaine, did you know about that? I did not. Yes, a year before he had told. And Nancy, there's, there's another thing. What? The skull, when it was recovered, had injury consistent with a knife wound perimortal, which means that injury was done near or at death. It did not have time to even begin to heal. So again, why would the father say something before he would have ever had knowledge of it that again came true? You know, Elaine, what were you thinking? What went through your mind in the weeks and the days when you got back home? What were you thinking? I mean, to go into your home and no Dylan is there, no Dylan to take the school, no Dylan to pick up. What was going through your mind? You know, you just you just exist. You know, there. The only thing going through my mind was finding my son. Um, you, you just learn to exist. I, I don't. I don't know it. You just learn to live. I. I, I can't. I can't even speak about what was going through my mom because I, 
I think I was just so numb to the whole situation that, you know, it was so unreal that this is actually happening to my baby. Um, and so we just, we, you know, we just kept going up to Durango and kept doing what we can as far as searches and, and, you know, just doing everything we could think of to try and get someone to help us so that we could, you know, find my son. When did you discover that a portion of Dylan's remains had been found? In June of 2013, my mother had passed away in May of 2013, and we organized a huge search in June, and it was at that time that law enforcement found partial remains and that they could um, positively identify that it was Dylan. Do you remember when you got that call? Well, we were actually there. Um, what happened? In, in, in that area, and the investigator asked us about a shoe they had found, and it was Dylan's. And so, you know, I we kind of had an inkling that, that you know, we are, we are in, we're going to find Dylan, um, and he was not going to be alive. So... You know, it was just a total breakdown. It was a meltdown. But, you know, as as horrific as it is, it was like, you know, at least at least we found him and he's not just, you know, lost anymore. At least we know, you know, it's, it's the most horrific experience ever. After he found the first remains... Then the sc- Dylan's skull was found in a different location. Is that right? Yeah, it was about a mile and a half away from where the original remains were located. When you think about it, and of course, motive does not matter. The state doesn't have to prove motive. We don't have to go into Mark Redwine's head and figure out what was he thinking. You can't. But what do you think went wrong, Elaine? What, you know, Dylan was 13, almost 14 years old, and he was, you know, he was finding his voice in the world. And I think that he was, you know, at a point where he was confronting his father about many bad choices that Mark had made regarding the kids. And I think Mark had a tendency to always lash out at Dylan about me and Corey. And I think Dylan just got tired of it. And so Dylan stood up for himself. And unfortunately, Mark doesn't have the sense or the, you know, maternal instinct that most of us have you know, that he would actually listen to Dylan. You know, he, I'm sure he became explosive and, and, um, you know, reacted. You know, I've thought about what may have happened to Dylan so many times. And, you know, since you and I first met, so to speak, and I just have a feeling that he didn't want to be there. He didn't want to leave you. He did not want to be there for the holiday. He wanted to come home. He did not want to be with his father. His father really didn't care about having him there. I think it was just to get back at you. And he said something like, I want to go home. I don't want to sit here. I want to go back to mom's. Yeah, I agree. And I imagine an explosion occurred and Dylan was dead. That That's the, the kindest scenario that I, I could imagine had happened. Yeah. When did you learn they finally, finally charged Mark Redwine? Um, we found out about one thirty in the morning um, on 
let's see, I guess it would have been Saturday evening, so on the 22nd of July in the early, early morning, um, I was notified that an arrest had been made in Washington. Cheryl, one thing I don't understand is why he's only charged with second-degree homicide. Why? His past statements are going to come back to haunt him. He told people before the remains were ever found that they're going to have to find the skull to determine cause of death. Well, again, he had knowledge of what happened to this child, which to me shows premeditation. When that child makes his last text message at 937 at night, and then the next morning by 645, when his friend is texting him, there's no response. Something's already happened, but he doesn't notify anyone until 4 o'clock in the afternoon by text message. He didn't even call the police himself. Everything at that point was a cover-up. Now, this is where good police workers come in because some of the blood was found under a rug, and this has happened after his home had been remodeled because of a fire. And the great thing is those investigators ask him, has Dylan ever been harmed in your house where he would have bled? And he said, no, of course not. So they already took care of him. There have been no blood from that child all over creation. And there was. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I want to go back to Elaine, Dylan's mom. Elaine, people often say to me, Things like, well, it's been X, you know, you can fill in the blank, number of years. Why can't you get over it? Why can't you move on? They don't get it, Elaine. They don't get it. Well, it's probably because they've never suffered such a horrific loss before. I think that people are very naive to the situation and, you know, they can't put, you you can't put yourself in, in anyone's shoes when it comes to, you know, the murder of your child. Um, but I've heard that many times and, you know, even my boss at the time was very, you know, at first they were very empathetic, but over time it just, you know, their patients were worn thin and I was not going to give up until, you know, there was some type of resolution for Dylan. 
When you say their patients wore thin, what, what happened? Um, I was just missing a lot of work, obviously, and it just came to the point where I felt that it was best for me to not be employed there anymore because I, I just couldn't. I couldn't deal with, you know, the innocuous comments and, you know, um, at one point, you know, they were wondering why I was still doing searches for my son when we knew he was dead. And Wait, did they actually say that? Um, yeah, and not so many words, yes, they did. What did you say back? I, you know, I just, I basically said, you know, it's, it's very important for me to... Um, you know, find all of my son's remains. So I have, you know, something of him. And, and um, it was shortly thereafter that I, I left, I left that place of employment. Do you, have you ever felt like Dylan has tried to communicate with you? I think in many respects he, he has, um, Maybe not directly to me, but I think many of the things that have occurred over the last couple of years, Dylan had a hand in it. You know, it's like a, it's like he's a chess master and he's controlling everything because there have been some pretty major developments and some pretty major changes that have occurred that have kind of pushed this case along. And I think Dylan was instrumental in that. And when you say he had a hand in it, give me an example. Well, you know, finding the skull, that was, you know, that was pretty major. That's actually what, you know, kind of um, sparked, you know, the fire again in law enforcement. And, and um, how was it? You found know, it was a, a couple of hikers. Oh, hikers. There were hikers that were hiking and they called law enforcement and said, you know, we think we found a human skull. And, you know, it, it, it was Dylan's. When you, Elaine, talk about Dylan now, and you talk about his remains, or you talk about his skull, what effect does that have on you? I mean, after our program is over, and you go about your business, does talking about it bring it all back? Does it make it worse? Does it have any effect at all, or are you just numb? I think it's, it's you know, I think being numb is a part of it, but, you know, it it's unfortunately also a part of our lives, and we've just had to come to terms with it. I mean, I can't bring Dylan back. I wish I could. I would do anything to do that. But, you know, we, we still have to keep going and we still have to keep fighting for him because he lost his voice and so we have to be his voice you know it's it's the most horrific thing that that we've ever experienced and it's you know i don't think it's going to get any better anytime soon and so you know we just have to keep on plugging on i know that you know dylan wants us to have you know closure and a resolution to this not that we'll ever have closure because he will still be dead but, you know, we, 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 have to, we have to be strong and just keep fighting for him. You know, Elaine Hall, you just spoke into my heart and inspired me all over again to keep trying. Elaine, I've been thinking of you so much as these developments have happened so rapidly. And 
please know so many people think of you and hope for you and pray for you and Dylan as well. And I want to thank you for speaking with me today. Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate that. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 